listening to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. I don't know why, Daniel. I'm starting to feel raspy. Like, I felt great all day, but now, just right now, as we clicked that, I feel my voice like I'm going, ah, uh, Drink some tea. <laughs> I think I might have to. Cheers, everybody. Yeah, not sponsored, but we wish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by all means, if you... If, if this company wants to sponsor one of our streams about board games for some reason, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm in. I, I would accept money from them. Absolutely. All right. You ready to get into this? This is yeah. going to be a kind of a quick episode. Yeah, this is going to be a quick episode. We always like episodes like this. Yeah. Hey, Illuminous. <laughs> How's it going, Illuminous? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those silly things where it's like we... we these episodes, we always like these, but we haven't done this one. No, we're uh, joking because we have uh, some branded drinks right now, so. <laughs> Again, not a sponsor. Maybe that's why my voice is raspy because they're not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor. That's yeah. got to be it. Yeah. I can't think of any other reason. But, um, again, send us your money. That's totally fine. All right. <laughs> oh, it's a drink company. Yeah. Totally nothing to do with board games. Yeah. Now, with this today's episode, we're going to be talking about a few things, but first off, we want to remind you guys that there will be a contest uh, announced in the middle of our episode after we talk about some of the news. And at the end of the episode, we're going to be talking more about the contest where you have a chance to win a base copy of Marvel United. So stick around for the code word for that. Listen to our podcast, watch on YouTube, you get a chance to enter it. Anyway, with that being said, today's going to be an episode of a board game breakdown, classic style board game breakdown. Mm-hmm. We picked a publisher that we're somewhat familiar with. I'm more yeah. so than you, but yeah. um, they, you know, we didn't, we wanted to make it kind of a quick episode because we haven't done these in a while, and the, we don't want to throw out Reiner Knizia at you guys no, right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and that's right, <laughs> Luminous, you already won by being here. We appreciate yep. you. That's right. So we're going to be talking about Oink games today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, uh, especially since I just recently played an Oink game today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Illuminous, we got you. I still haven't mailed it out yet. <laughs> that's right. We got we got the hookups right now. Um, not everybody gets that treatment, yeah. but that's all we're saying. But Oink games, I've been always a fan of Oink games. Uh, I've liked I'm, some of them. Yeah, I, now, granted, there has been plenty of hits for me and plenty of misses, but... There's one I, that they're I'm really famous for. A try. Yeah, there's one that they're really famous for. I don't like at all. Yeah, that's fair, and we'll we'll get to that soon. But yeah, I mean, like exactly, Illumina says not all of them are good. Yeah, and very few publishers do have that many good. But I I love the fact this is a Japanese company, mm-hmm. and they're making their way into the United States. They have a small um, a small presence now. They're in Barnes and Noble with games like Scout. Um, originally, they were going through Yellow Games, which we'll see the transition of those. Yeah, so those came over. And this is but. like basically their packaging. So if you don't have, if you've never seen a Scout box. It's it's literally just a card box. That's all yeah, it is. And that's most larger. of their games. Yep, vast majority of their games fit in a box about that size. Slightly larger than a card box. Great packaging. I think they're great sized personally. Yeah, and it's actually good cardboard quality yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Uh, my thing with them too is just that. A lot of like the games that are coming over from Japan, these little small card games, they come in these small boxes because there's not a lot of space for them to host all this right. stuff. Exactly. You, uh, another company we were kind of thinking about doing, uh, All Play, BoardGameTables.com, mm-hmm. they bring in a lot of like the little small trick-taking games. They come in a box that's just a little square. It's like smaller than this Cat in the Box uh, box I have right here. Mm-hmm. It's about half the size of this one. Yeah, give or take. And I know like, you know, Jap- traditional Japanese 
homes, you know, mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of stuff. So, yeah. like, you're not going to, like, this is ridiculous yeah. compared to that. And But the ones that do like to play the games like to have, you know, a very refined collection. And it does make sense that they have games like Oink coming in and the company making games that are small, portable, easy to play, easy to hold on to, and not going to clutter up your home. When you have boxes like Machi Koro, which is a deck box, which, which should, was could a Japanese fit game. something in that size. Well, it box. was a Japanese game, yeah, and originally was in a fairly small box, yeah. But you know, when we get to America, you know, America much better, much better. So, um, yeah, we're gonna be talking about Oink games, but before we do that, let's talk about the news. Ooh, but um, you want to flip the, the coin is of that, you? Is that our um, news segment? No, no. Remind me there's something I have to talk to you after the podcast for like our special episodes. That sounds good. Hey, Daniel, remember <laughs> that after the podcast you're going to talk to me about something. All right, All right, flip the coin of doom. Here we go. Starting off with me, the first thing I wanted to talk about, um, Pac-O Games. It is a series um, from, I forget the company. But they're the ones Perplexed. that are, uh, they're in the bubblegum, right? Yes, they are only one by three inches. They are, uh, bubblegum shaped games. Normally they only come with about 36 cards or so. All about that size. I, each of their series, they release eight games. Sometimes one or two more, depending yeah. on it. And they now just announced that their third series, third full set, of eight new games are available for pre-orders. They're not doing Kickstarter. Perplex is doing it just immediately with pre-order. Nice. And I think they're going to bring it straight to retail after that. Um, I own all of the previous ones. It's a great price point. It's not expensive. They're normally like five or six bucks a game. Yeah, and you can see some of the, the pre-done ones. Um, we saw some at uh, Barnes & Noble's yeah. just recently. Yep, yeah, exactly. And quite a few of them are really darn fun. Some of them are neat. My, my only issue, and I know it's their shtick, it's kind of like t Tiny Epics in their stuff. Sure. Whereas like the small box and stuff like that is like... Those cards are so small. Right. I have sausage fingers. Shuffling them is very difficult. <laughs> um, yes, but there's a few. SWAT is probably and every my single favorite. one of those cards are the size of a stick of gum. Yeah. Have you played SWAT? No. So I've you, only played the first series. You lay out uh, that was in the first series. I only. Played, oh, I'm sorry, not SWAT. Fly. Fly. I did play that one. You did play that one. The dexterity one where yeah. you're dropping the card. Love it. Yeah, that, that was so pretty good. good. Bust. There was simple. a. I, the only ones I played was that one, and there was, like, a spelling one that I played. Yes, there was also one that was, like, lie, and it was liar's dice, basically, but with cards. Yeah, when you and told me that, I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I don't like liar's dice. I like it quite a bit, but, yeah, I, I get it, too. But Perplexed is now coming out with that new one, and also what they're doing is they're selling expansion packs to the first two sets as well, and it's also in a little oh, bubblegum pack, and it normally includes anywhere from, like, uh, uh, like one to three new cards or something like that for the previous games. So we're talking about Oink games. Perplex is really where the small games come into play. Mm. So I think that's awesome news. I'm excited about it. I'm going to order them. But that's my first piece of news. Uh, also, just a quick reminder, a uh, shout out here. Uh, we're recording a little early on a Monday because we have some fun plans tomorrow. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. <laughs> So, my first bit of news, I, I showed a little bit of it. Uh, if you're fans of Cat in the Box, the nice little trick-taking game that is based off the Schrodinger's Cat uh, Dilemma and Physics, they're actually making a Kickstarter tomorrow, which is August 29th, 
for Colossal Cat in the Box, where they deluxify that, like, there's no tomorrow. Uh, and there's some, like, mini expansions that they're going to add to it as well. I'm looking forward to it. I've seen pictures of what they're going to put into it, so I like it. I, I, I'm probably going to back it because it's not going to be super expensive. That Mind you, that game's cheap. That's like $20, $25. Yeah. Um, the one that they're going for is probably maybe a $50 game, maybe a little probably. bit more with the deluxe, uh, deluxe stuff that they're putting in there. Right. But I love that game. I'm a big fan of trick-taking games. You're oh, kind of okay on that one. Just because I love trick-taking games. I w I did like this game. It just it it did it not surpass broke your brain a little bit. No, it didn't surpass the requirement that if I'm gonna have a cat game in my collection, it has to justify there being a cat in it. I get Schrodinger's cat. I get the dilemma. The that, that's not that's not even based. That's not a it's cat just, game. It's yeah, and I'm definitely not getting the giant one because. There is a giant. had to ask if there is a colossal cat in it. There is a cat yes. figure in it, and I'm not gonna have it. it, in my it the, I think it's like the first player token no. or something, like, or no, one sir. of the weird things. It's it's massive. It's a, made out of wood. It looks cool. I don't hate cats like you do. I am just allergic to them. If I could own a cat, we would have a cat in here. But I am I like severely your allergic. Better. Huh? I like your oh, I like our dogs better. better too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to a Colossal Cat in the Box Kickstarter tomorrow, uh, August 29th. If you're hearing this when it goes up live, it should be on Kickstarter right now. Because we, this is going to get released a week from now on what, September 4th? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you upload our stuff, but I, I yes. Sure. When we record, this episode will record the following Monday. Okay. So, one week from today. And Illuminous, I do own two games that are cat-themed, and Boop is one of them. Not Boop, no, but, he boop. but Boop is one of them. Alright, this is the <coughs> second piece of news. Excuse me. When I take a sip of my non-sponsored drink, or, or are we going to flip the coin for this? Yeah, yeah that's Let's fine. do it. Alright, go for it. So, this one um, probably is my favorite piece of news of, out of all of this. I mentioned it in one of our episodes that I'm a decent enough reader my wife reads more than i do but i do read a lot of books mm -hmm. uh one of my favorite author i love a lot of his stories in fact uh brotherwise games which i'm hit or miss on their uh, oh, their yeah. stuff they're releasing a, a deck building game based on brandon sanderson's stormlight archives which is my favorite series right now brandon sanderson i love miss Bourne. i love the reckoners but i am really really getting into this series a lot i'm in the fourth book right now and this is the fourth book out of ten. And he's not going the George R.R. R. Martin route. He's actually writing these books. The next book is supposed to release next year. And I'm just like, oh, I can't wait. I, I love deck building games. I love Brandon Sanderson games. I actually enjoyed the last Brotherwise games. Yes, he had a, a massive Kickstarter. I actually just started the first book from those Kickstarters. I have it sitting on my shelf. It was in my TBR for a while. Just started it. So far, it's really well written. Uh, but yeah, but the Stormlark Icar archives themselves—that's his big Game of Thrones style uh, book series. They're all the books are several, are like fifteen to two thousand pages long. Uh, there's codexes in the back, Ooh. appendixes just for you to get the full uh, how the magic system works in this one. It's very—it's complicated. I'm not gonna say it's not. But it reads really well uh, compared to like a George R. R. Martin book where it feels like you're it's a slog sometimes in certain parts. This one I can go through, except for the third book. That one was a bit of a slog at certain points. 
But most of these things, I finished these books uh, probably within a month, if that. So I'm looking forward to the deck building game because I like deck builders. I love Brandon Sanderson. I'm okay with Brotherwise games. They've done mm -hmm. like the Call to Adventure games. They've done, I believe, they're the ones that did Boss Monster, right? Um, something like that. I don't remember. One of them, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. All right, cool. My next piece of news is quite simple. Um, Schmidtspieler, the German company, they're releasing a new line of games. Um, most of others, yeah. yeah, you probably already saw this coming. It's called the 4-1 The Kinesia series, right? Well, there is... The first three games in that series are Kinesia games, yes. But it's not a Kinesia series. It's a 4-1. It's a series of solo games. Yeah. There is one that is like a roll and write. There's one that's... um, Kind of uh, like a solo Yahtzee. Kind of like a solo Yahtzee. And then there's another one that's like galactic theme. And... Um, all three of those are the Kinesia ones. <laughs> all, yeah, they all, they're all Kinesia. But, I mean, it looks like they're going to be in about, you know, small card box. It's gonna be I don't think it's as small as you're play. saying. Well, maybe not that small. But I think like, maybe something like some Cascadia-sized box. Oh, I don't think they'll be... I don't think they're going to be that small. Near. I'm willing to bet that they'll be no bigger than that Hero Realms. Mm, I yeah. don't know. I don't. Well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe so. they'll be like the, um, the Gonshon Clever-sized boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, about that size. But, I mean, I've recently, you know, the past couple of years, started getting into solo gaming, and now I can actually have quite an appreciation for it. I won't seek it out, like... Trust me, if there's a game that says this can play one to four players, I'm not playing at one player because that's yeah. just I'm not gonna do it. The the only ones that but, I, I will do that with is maybe co-ops. Yes. Because basically you're just playing the two player two uh, uh right. two handed and it just depends on the type of co-op. Yeah, it depends. Like I played uh, Miss Over Carcassonne as, as one player. Mm -hmm. It was fine. Yeah. But then you and I played it with with a group, much better. Oh, it was fun. Much just better. with the talking so, and. It, but. When a game is designed as a solo game, like, I've been really getting into Impatience games, you yeah. know, they, uh, Scoventeer is super cool. Any of the um, Amirum stuff. Any of the Oniverse games. Um, and just, like, other ones, like Final Girl, and all these others that are, like, they're really designed for one player, and they're not gonna be like, oh, well, you can play a multiplayer, um, just take turns of doing whatever you want. It's like... Eh, that's not really... That's not I get why, the, like, that one guy was saying when it came to Final Girl where he does it. It's, like, his favorite thing to do is to, sure. to play with a wife. It's a bonding experience. Have to add it. But yeah. I love solo gaming lately. Yes. I, I still need to do more of the Final Girl stuff. I need to really crack into Season 2. Are you going to look into this 4-1 series? Yeah, I'm going to look into it. Uh, some of them look Are you going to borrow mine? Probably borrow yours. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably buy the, it. The <laughs> one that I re I like really intrigued me was too. the space one. Yes. That one really intrigued me. That one looked pretty good. Yep, uh, very good. And Illuminus just picked up Bloody End. Yes! That's a, such a good game. Yes! Uh, I have actually the Carney's expansion in my thing. He didn't even know they had a... I had no <laughs> idea there was an expansion. It was so good. Anyway, yeah. but that was my second piece of news. Now on to our third piece of news. I'll be starting us off. Um, the next one is one that was just very recently announced. And it wasn't really announced. It was kind of like just an email that, that I just happened to see. Wise Wizard Games... Yeah announced that they released a game called Vampire Chess. It's a digital game, and it is free. Nice. Like all of the main download ones. After this game is, or after this podcast is done, I'm going to go download it and check it out. I'm not the biggest chess fan, but I do very much like what Wise Wizard Games does. And their digital implementations of their games has always been pretty good. And I wonder why this is only digital and not, you know, like a full version. Maybe the app will tell me why, or maybe after playing it, It'll make sense. But if you want to go 
get a free game, Wise Wizards just announced one, and it is available on Apple and Google Play. Cool. Uh, my, my next piece of news here, and didn't they just, uh, Wise Wizard, they had another game coming out too, no? Um, I know they recently came out with Kapow not too long ago, okay. but I think there is a new one coming up. So, my next piece of news, we kind of mentioned it when we are talking about solo play here. Uh, Van Ryder Games made two announcements, which actually was kind of cool. One I already knew about, and we kind of talked about, but I'll get more information here. But the first one I want to talk about is they're making a remake of a game called Lumos. Um, it's called Garden Guest, and oh, it's yes. going to be released in Essen. So, they are set up for a game... <laughs> basically built for the euro players and releasing it in euro because it's a reprint of lumos i'm not familiar with that game but i just saw that but for me personally they've announced final girl season three will be hitting kickstarter on september 19th and it will be ending on october 13th friday the 13th and there <laughs> there's going to be some special yeah. announcements um during that campaign uh they really want to do something big for Friday the 13th because it just really goes with them on that aspect. So my speculation is they got a license to something. Yep. Maybe Friday the 13th series, maybe Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't know. But for me, I the, the way they're trying to say like this is a big thing is I think they got a license to something. That would be really It neat. would be really, really neat. Mind you, I like their legally distinct stuff because I like how the uh, Dr. Fright played on Terror uh, Maple Lane just because he kind of played like Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, but he had like this little unique card uh, shifting when you're in the dream world. For you to escape the dream world, you have to move cards, and if you see his face, you take a penalty. So you get hit or you take damage or something like that. That's fine. And so there's four cards in total in... They have um, the four quadrants, and if you move the card and shift it a certain way to cover just parts of the quadrant, if you don't see his face, you can keep going. It's kind of a little push-your-luck aspect of it, mm. but it's really, really neat how it works. Um, and I like about the fact that is you can't fight him when you're not asleep. You yeah. can only fight him when you're in the dreamland, so you got to make a choice. Like, you're going to go into dreamland, you can only get out by playing that little card shuffle thing. It's That's really cool. cool how that one works, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do for Season 3. That's great. That's cool. Awesome. And the last piece of news... I'll be signing us off, by the way. Alright, um, this one, and forgive me, I know I'm going to pronounce this um, this name wrong, but a gentleman named Ankush Kondalwal, I believe, just won the fifth Pentamine contest, which... You're looking at me like this is great. No. So what the Pentamind is, it's from a group called the Mind Sports Olympiad. And what this is, is they take a series of board games, mainly abstract strategies, but they've been branching into other stuff like Azul, Ticket to Ride, a lot of those others. And it is kind of like the European version of the uh, World Series of board games, mm -hmm. but it's less, sensation less sensationalized, of course. But they focus a lot on, um, you know, Mensa Select games, abstract strategies, ones that are pure strategy, um, like they'll, they'll even do chess and go and all those things. And the Pentamind is their um, five game uh, series where you pick five games out of the collection that they have, play against other players, and then your overall ranking is, is totaled, and then you, one player is determined who is the Pentamind winner. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a decathlon, but yeah. this is like board gaming strategic board gaming and i say this because i re it, 
like it's a very niche thing, right? Yeah. But I appreciate the fact that there's a group doing something like this because mm-hmm. nowadays you're hearing, oh, World Series of Board Gaming because they're sponsoring everything. Yeah. And there's like you get a prize of like thousands of dollars, but I don't think these guys win nearly as many as much money. But it's definitely focused more on the intellectual thinking. The fact that the people have, they've been doing this for years is awesome. And I found out their sponsor is Asics, the shoe company. So that's weird, but. They also they also help sponsor things like diving chess, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard. I've of seen that. Chess. Yeah, I love that idea. I don't even like. I mean, I can't swim, so what do I care? But you can make your move as long as you want, but you got to hold your breath for that dive, and it's at the bottom of a pool. So you yeah. dive down, and you can take as long as you need to move your chess piece. Hilarious, hilarious. So that's my last piece of news. Congratulations to the winner of that uh, Mind Sports Olympiad. If you guys want to check out what they do, which I highly recommend. Uh, sign up for their email list. Uh, speaking of just old series of board gaming, did you see the ticket prices that go to that thing? Um, I remember what the old ones were. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's cool what they're doing, and I understand mm-hmm. sort of the price because it helps go into the the price pool too. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. But good God, just to be a spectator was like $750 or something like that. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah like, if you're competing, it's a bigger oh. price. Ugh. Yeah, it was pricey. I'm like, mm-mm, no. Yeah, but the good thing is, so many people wouldn't afford that or choose not to. So yeah. if you have a good, if you're a pretty good gamer and happen to have that money just sparingly, yeah. you might have a good it chance. Is, it is pricey. It is. it is ridiculous. I think yeah. a lot of it, too, is like some of the, like, they'll do tournaments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the best of the best tournament, they, they don't have to do the buy-in because they've um, Something like that, competed yeah. into it. Yeah, sure. They're grandfathered in. Like grandmaster in. Yeah, yeah. Like regionals and stuff like that. So my last bit of piece of news. Uh, oh, before we go going, uh, congratulations to all the Dice Tower winners. Uh, they were announced the last time we did the piece of news. He has a problem with one of the winners. Which one was it? Return to Dark Tower won best solo game. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> All of, no, okay. You, you had to bring this up because I needed a rant. Okay, no. I, by the way, every other winner, every other winner of the Dice Tower Awards, I wholeheartedly pretty much... Mostly agree with, yeah. Yeah, very few of them I don't disagree. I don't agree with. It goes back to my... I play solo games that were made as solo Ooh, games. Yeah. The Part of the experience, and, and not just... Like, Return to Dark Tower, I love Return to Dark Tower. Rob Davio did a great job of development. Such a good game. The original design was fun. Everybody, all the team that put the work together on it, you absolutely deserve it. I honestly can't argue with you because I agree that that wasn't the best solo game. It wasn't a solo game for one. Yeah, it's the the same multiplayer game just played by yourself. Yes. There's no difference between solo and anything else, right? Um, The multiplayer is the same thing. But, like, the game doesn't feel like multiplayer solitaire. It it doesn't you shrink the board. Yeah. You're playing still more players. You're just you're really playing like a two to four player game. Just you're playing yeah. managing more stuff. That's not fun, and it wasn't designed as a solo game. None of the nominees were. I I don't think. No, Maybe don't, yeah. Final Girl was. I, no, I, Final I Girl won the year before. Okay, that's right. So yeah, there's I don't remember there being any solo games. And that's so annoying when that happens. And especially I since there were some good solo games that there came out. There absolutely was. Bargain Basement Bathosphere wasn't even in the running. 
that's a great solo game. Mm-hmm. Um, Skullventure. I mean, I, uh, I, no, Skullventure came out this year. So. All right, um, Stellarion. That should have been nominated because you know what? That was made for solo. Mm-hmm. Just saying. No, no, I don't disagree with you. I, I just wanted to get that mention. Uh, congratulations to all the winner. Yeah. And congratulations oh. to Return to Dark Tower as well. But although I do recommend you watch the Dicer Awards because it was when, really cool when they were when they were announcing for Rob Davio talking about all of his previous uh, nominations. That was one of the... Did you watch that through? I didn't watch it all the way through. I still got to watch a little bit more. Oh, you need to watch that. Oh, That's one of the funniest things. That when Rob Davio first goes up, just trust me, I'll, we'll find it later. But oh my gosh, that's worth watching. Oh no, I'm going to finish it. I, I started it. I haven't watched it all the way through, but yeah. congratulations to all the winners. But my last piece of news um, deals with another game announcement based off an IP. Trick or Treat Studios has worked with and combined with Rob Zombie to bring his House of a Thousand Corpses to a board game format. Mm-hmm. It's going to go to crowdfunding. It didn't say when. It's just going to go to crowdfunding. I'm interested in this. I'm not a huge fan of that movie. It's okay. It's more shock value than anything. Sure. But what I like about it, it's a co-op game where you're playing the bad guys. So you don't really see a lot of games that let you do that unless it's one versus all or something like that. You don't see a full co-op where we're the deadites in Hellraiser working against the the people who mess with the cube, that sort of stuff. So it has me intrigued how it works. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the IP. Uh, Most of the Rob Zombie movies I'm hit or miss with. House of a Thousand Corpses is probably middle of the road for me. But it intrigues me, especially since Trick or Treat Studios has really been hitting very well on board games lately. So I'm intrigued. I love stuff that I can bust out for Halloween because that's one of my favorite seasons. I love Halloween spooky season, as I call it, and I yep. love Christmas season. I, those are like my two favorite seasons to deal with. Right. I want to bust out more uh, Christmas games, and I want to bust out more Halloween games. And so when you're adding stuff like this, it just makes me happy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So cool. Trick or Treat Studios and Rob Zombie, House hey, of a Thousand Corpses. And I, thanks for subscribing. We really appreciate it. Ah, thanks a lot. Alright, so with that being said, that's all our news. So, you want to give the code word? That's right. Remember, there is a chance to win a free copy of this Marvel United. I'm not a big Marvel fan or United (laughs) fan, but it's fine. It's a great game. It's a fun game. And it's a sealed game with our logo sticker to the front. Therefore, you should have a chance. You have three different ways to enter. The first way is very simple. You're going to be subscribed here on Twitch.tv. That's going to be your first way to do it. Everybody who's subscribed or following us, Mm -hmm. as long as you get notified whenever we start streaming, you have a chance to win. That's your automatic ticket. Secondly, YouTube. If you are subscribed on YouTube and get notifications, that is your second ticket. But each of these episodes this month, you have a chance to enter. If you haven't found the code words on the previous episode, go back and listen because... Every time you get a chance, or listen to one of these past couple episodes, or this episode, or next episode, mm-hmm. we will give a different code word. What you got to do, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. I will repeat, everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. In the body, or I'm sorry, in the subject, subject line, contest. you're going to put the word contest. And in the body, you're going to put two things. First, the code word, which I'll say in a moment. And secondly, some way to contact you if you win. Now, we did open this up to UK. 
Canada, and Canada, and, and the full United States. And the full United States, so all 50 Not states. Not territories, just the states. Yeah. And so we'll give you a chance. If you have if you're outside that, let us know. And we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, but our code word today, sticking with the Marvel theme, is going to be Black Widow will be our code word. Remember, Black Widow. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Uh, please make sure you get that done, taken care of before uh, the end of probably two weeks from now. Uh, the next episode um, will be the last time. So... If you're hearing this on YouTube in uh, YouTube in audio, it should be I think like the 11th or so. That's right. So remember, email us everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Their code word is Black Widow. It would be September 11th would be the last day. We will do the drawing on the recording of the 12th. Okay. All right. So, uh, make, make, let's, let's make that the 19th this way. Yeah, we'll give them that extra week. New week, yeah. Yeah, so that's fine. The me. drawing will be on September 19th. Yep, so if you watch this, if you watch this later on, you got to get subscribed to us. That's the only way you're going to know. All right, with that being said, let's get into today's topic. We're doing a board game breakdown today, and our board game breakdowns are quite simple. You have some cream on your face, by the way. Daniel, there you go. Um... <laughs> We picked a publisher, an artist, or a designer, someone that we would like to talk about. And we are going to be talking about all of their gameography of games ever since they began to now, which is currently Oink Games. So, Oink Games, go ahead and introduce them. Uh, Oink Games is a publisher based out of Japan. The designer, Jun Sasaki, is CEO of uh, Oink Games. And if you're on Board Game Geek, apparently you can get a micro badge. Yep, I love the logo. I it's, love It's so good. I love their logo. I yeah. like pigs also. Uh, they're also tasty. Absolutely. But the I just really, really do enjoy their uh, logo a lot. That's right. So we're going to go back to their oldest game that is on there. Um, the first one is a reprint of Modern Art. Now, they didn't release it in 1992. They That is just a remake of it. But Modern Art is a classic Kinesia game. Yeah. Um, there's bidding. There's all sorts of cool stuff. Art Someone auctions. Else and... has the, the license now, I believe. Oh, yeah. There's plenty. I mean, Simon made the most recent one. Yeah. But um, I believe they ported it over to Japan. So that's why it shows up first in our list. Um, again, it's Just not originally it's... from them. Yeah, it's one but... of their oldest games and that yeah. they brought over. Uh-huh. So the next one here is Twins. Uh, apparently, also Kinesia. Is that another Kinesia, huh? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and originally I'm thinking it's Amigo. Yes, I believe so. Because uh, this is 96. Send out your henchmen and fight other gangs to stop your rival monsters. So not only are their games being brought over to America under their publishing line now, or originally under Yellow for a time mm -hmm. being, they're also publishing stuff in Japan. So this one looks intriguing. You've played this one, have you not? I have not. Oh, interesting. So it's 60-card deck, uh, six suits, numbers 1 through 10. Some cards have white numerals, while others have black numerals. Uh, what is this? You need to receive eight cards from the deck, then buy more from the pool. Each starts with... This looks like... Uh, yep, it is. I just saw the category. It's a bluffing game. Ah, bluffing. <laughs> bluffing card game. Not my style, but a lot of it looks really intriguing, looking at some of these the pictures and stuff like this. Very basic, but yeah, that is straight up their style. The small box... Mm -hmm. The uh, pictures here, or the cards, very plain. <laughs> yeah, very plain, but that's fine. It works. All right, next up. All right, the next one is Penguin Party, which is a remake. Oh, wow, okay. 
Westeros Intrigue, huh? Click on that. I want to double check this. Re-implements a game called Penguin, uh, and then is re-implemented into Westeros Intrigue. Yes. Okay. I thought I knew this game. So this game, what you're trying to do, it's also a Canizia game. You're going to be stacking up penguins, trying to get your color um, up to the top of the pyramid style. This game is absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> I... I first played this as the Westeros one. I was very excited. This is just awful. And maybe there was some weird translation issue in the version I had. I had the Fantasy Flight. The and Westeros one. I, I don't know why it's so bad. But effectively what you're trying to do is you just play a card. Um, the base can be up to seven cards. So either play a card next to the base or you're climbing up the pyramid. And your card must match one of the two below it. And... If you're the first to get to the top, or the only one with cards remaining, then you win. Because if you get cut off, well, then you can't play cards. That's it. That is intriguing here. So the next one we have <laughs> is In a Grove, which apparently came out in 2010. With limited information, can you spot the killer among three suspect, uh, suspects? I have been wanting to play this because those tiles are really weird shaped. I kind of like them. Those I... are really neat. They look like bodies. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yep, and I think that's on purpose. But go ahead and read the description. Uh, in a Grove uh, is a game of bluffing and deduction, and the player who makes too many false accus accusations loses the game. It's played in rounds. Each round, each player receives one of the eight silhouettes, which are number two through eight with one blank. While three silhouettes are placed in the center of the table, as a suspect of the final silhouette is dubbed the victim. With three players, the number two is removed from the game. You have to determine which suspect is the culprit. Either to accuse him or lure the other players into accusing someone who's innocent. So it's kind of like Werewolf. Kind All of. players secretly look at their silhouettes, then pass them to the right, then look at the new silhouettes they receive. The first player of the round secretly looks at two of the three suspects, optionally swapping the victim for one of these suspects. This player then places a colored accusation marker below one of the suspects. The next player looks at the two suspects. Holy crud, this is long. Yep. Well, it tells you the entire game, right? Yeah. At the end of the turn, if a player more or less has no tokens, the game ends, and that player loses. Interesting. Uh, bluffing, deduction, murder mystery. I like the theme, but there's memory and <laughs> like mechanism. Um, wait, which one is Seven Wonders? The Luminous? I think it was messing around. I think that uh, that stacking one. Oh, that Westeros one? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's so bad. All right, so, so bad. moving right. to our next stack here, we yeah, have... Yeah, our next one is Stray Thieves, which, I mean, I don't know what's up with that cover, but I really dig that cover. <laughs> I don't like that cover at all, oh, compared no. to some of their other oink ones. As, as far as how bad it is, it is bad, but there's something endearing so, about it. This is actually made by the CEO of Oink Games. Yep, Jun Sasaki. Um, this game, Stray Thieves, is More very bluffing. short uh, game of stealing treasure and outwitting other players. A full game is completed in 5 to 10 minutes. Each player is given seven cards, four nobles, two thieves, one knight. And the game also includes six treasure cards. Um, also included the boxes expansion. Cool. Hmm. Alright. Game starts with as many treasures as our players stacked face down. The players take turns uh, playing a card from their hand face down on top of the stack, announcing it as one of the cards. Yeah. It might or might not be. There's the bluffing part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, after all players have played their card, the deck is flipped <laughs> over and scored in suit. So, um, I like... I like what this is doing. It's very welcome to the dungeon style. Yeah. But what you're trying to do is you're trying... I'm sure the way the cards work is that nobles will probably beat thieves, thieves will probably beat knights, or something like vice versa. 
And so what you're saying that you're putting down mm-hmm. might determine what other people should play, which is kind of fun. Maybe like a rock, paper, scissors style. Sounds kind of cool. It looks really interesting just from like the design right here that I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah, and especially that cover. Eh, the cover's fine. Now, moving on to the next game. Uh, this one Do you is, want me to take this one? You could go ahead and take this one. This is my I least know favorite you don't one. like this one. I don't like this one a at all. A fake artist goes to New York. This is Pictionary meets um, a hidden trader movement. Uh, basically, the idea is it, it comes with a bunch of markers, some pads of paper, and your identity tiles. Everyone everyone will get some tiles mixed up. That'll determine what color you are, and you're going to have different color markers, that you're going to be drawing a picture. Now, the catch is everyone knows the picture except for one player, and that player is trying to figure out what it is. Everyone else, though, who does know the picture is trying to figure out who the one player who doesn't know. So you want to draw stuff and add things to it that is so specific... Like uh, Spyfall, uh, all the Spyfall style, that other people will know what it, what you're trying to display, um, but not so specific that you give away the answer to the person who is not mm-hmm. the fake artist. It's a fun theme. I liked it. Um, I wish the components were better, bigger. Like it's just the really small pad of paper, the different colored markers. You're supposed to be able to tell by the color on who the player is that's playing it. The problem that we have is that you and I are colorblind. We don't always tell. Mm-hmm. So if I see something weird, like uh, you have an example of the pearl necklace, right? Um, like whoever drew like some of the circles or was just adding on, you can tell who probably yeah was one of the people who had um, one of the the or who was like the, the hidden trader or whatever. Yeah, but. You couldn't tell who that is by looking at that color because well we can't see them so yeah, not too well. Uh, I, my, my I own thing this is, for a while. Yeah, there, you you hit it on the head. It's Pictionary meets social deduction. It's just I'm not really big into drawing games and I'm not really big into social deduction games and this just hits both of those. Right. I'm not saying anybody who does like it and a lot of people I know like this is probably one of the the more famous of the Oink games. Yes. Uh, and this is the one that really put them on the map in America. Mm-hmm. I want to say. This is one of the few that they brought by themselves. Yeah. This is actually one of the first ones that they brought over. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think we're getting ready to get into some of the yellow ones here yep. soon. But the next one on our list here is Cowardly Bat. Uh, I have, I do know this name, Ta- Taiki Shinzawa, because he does a lot of trick-taking games. I believe he's mm-hmm. the one that did Ghost of Christmas. Oh, okay. I'm just going to make sure about that real quick, but I think this is the one that, like, all play is bringing a lot of his... Yeah, see? There you go. Yep. A lot of his cool. little trick-taking games over to America. Which I just played Nine Lives, too. If I, that's, that was interesting. So, going back to this one, uh, this Four is... Four to seven players. Wow. It is a card game of bluffing, and uh, Illuminus did talk about it uh, hey, earlier. It's a very game. Japanese thing. They really do enjoy bluffing games. Uh, where you're piggybacking on other players' cards, you just score the most points. All cards are dealt to the players. Uh, if all cards are the same type, everyone wins a point. If all cards uh, are two types, then only the beasts and the birds decide with the most card points win points. If, however, there are three bats and anything else, that side is not the bats wins a point. So, basically, you're just trying to make the proper way to get points. I guess you could say. So you're basically doing runs. Based on what you play. So if it's even, everybody gets points. If it's more bats, then stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. the bats are cowardly, so they're not good cards. Uh, the player with the most points wins at the end of the game. Simultaneous action selection, hand management. As much as I don't like bluffing games, this one actually looks really interesting. 
I wonder see if it's no. It doesn't see nothing else. No one's ever brought it over. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Next one. Very good. Then next one is a game called Dib Dib. Three to six players. June Sasaki again. Three to six players. This is a game of bluffy, bluffing, press your luck, and party game. Uh, game includes two cloth bags, which is awesome that they include two cloth bags, round wooden discs, and a cardboard heart markers. Each player takes two heart markers. The wooden discs are put into one of the bags, and the other bag is left empty. Each player reaches in the bag with the discs and grab any number of discs and place them into the second bag. Okay. First player then offers both bags to one other player. The second player then has a choice. Either take both of the bags or take only one or only the second bag. If the second bag I'm so confused. If the second bag if the second player takes both bags, that player repeats a step for the first player. I see. Okay. So this is one of those like um, cockroach poker esque games. Yeah, I was gonna say that's you're gonna, crazy. You're putting some tokens in, from one bag into another one, passing it to the next player, seeing if they want to accept it. If they do accept it, they get what they get, and if they do not accept it, then it continues on potentially to somebody else. Um, I'm assuming it says if one play, if the person with the most discs win, the loser flips one of his heart markers to the broken-hearted side. That's so sad. Why is it called Dib Dib? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't. Is that an expression that I'm not familiar with? Because I like I get like the idea of like having a broken heart and stuff because you're trying to get heart tokens. But um, what's it called? Dib dib. All right. Medic and Maine, thanks for joining us. Yeah, playing the game, watching Twitch, pretty good night all around. Good. Glad you could join us. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming back. So here's one of the first ones that we were talking about where Yellow brought it over. Kobayakawa. You know this one more than I do. I love Kobayakawa. I, I can't stress this enough. I love Kobe Akala. I So, this was one of the... this I felt so bad for Z Garcia of the Dice Tower. Because I remember when this first came out, he was ranting and raving about how awesome it is. And the I saw like a live play, and I actually watched it live, where he was like, alright, I'm going to teach you guys how to play Kobe Akala. And for some reason, the other people in the Dice Tower couldn't figure it out. Like, they just couldn't understand it. I think it was a long day of gaming or whatever, and they were just miserable the entire time, and they were complaining up a storm to the point where he was pretty much like, you know what, let's just, like, put it away. Like, you're not, and and they ridiculed it. Yeah. Unjustly so, because let me tell you how Kobe Akawa works. This is basically um, five-card draw with one card. It's like a poker game. So you have numbers 1 through 15, and everyone... Uh, it gets dealt a card, and there's one card as the Kobayakawa card. It's the one card in the discard pile. The way the game works is you want to have the highest number on your card. On your turn, you are either going to play your card face up in front of you and draw a new one, because you don't like your new one, mm-hmm. or you are going to flip over a new card on top of the discard pile, changing the Kobayakawa card, which I'll explain why that matters in a bit, or you're going to pass and just carry on. Now what happens because of that is that at the end of the round once everyone's had a chance and then everyone gets a chance to ante in to stay in if they Mm -hmm. want, all the players who are still in the round only will reveal their card and the highest number will will win. However the Kobayakawa card matters because that is added to whoever has the lowest numbered card. So if the Kobayakawa card is a 9 and I have a 4 and I'm the lowest number I now have a 13. 
which is awesome. <laughs> that I love that you can mess with other people's value. You can either do you can either like trade out your card like five card draw style. Yeah. This works so darn well. I if you like pokery style games that are just like quick and easy and have like a little quirk to it, I cannot tell you how cool this is. I actually would try this one. I really would, even though, you know, it's kind of a bit of a bluff. It's not that big of a bluff. Yep. You're basically just trying to say, I have the high card. And yep. But how do you feel about Kobayakawa? <laughs> oh, yeah. How do I feel about Kobayakawa? I very much like it. I do want very to try much. this one. This is one I haven't played. Uh, this, it's, this is never leaving my collection. It's weird, because I don't really play a lot of the Oink games. I was telling them when we decided to do this, I'm like, you're probably going to have to take control of this, because I've played some. I haven't played yeah. a lot. Uh, in fact, we haven't even got to my, my two favorites yet. Okay. Let's uh, continue. But the next one here is the next yellow one, and this one... Oh, there we go. Uh, Welcome to the Dungeon, which re-implements Dungeon of Mandom. Uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later. Uh, this is from Hisanori Hirako and Masato Usugi, and I probably butchered that. Uh, Welcome to the Dungeon uh, is a push-your-luck dungeon delve in which two to four players take turns essentially daring each other to go to the dungeon. And that's what I remember about this game, is we are... Yep. Uh, so this is one of my favorites. This is probably number three. Uh, I love... Uh, the big thing I remember about this one is you're egging on the other player to keep going. That's what makes the game. Yeah. It really does. Uh, so each round, the start player, the person who challenged the dungeons last, or the last player to be in a dungeon, can choose to draw a card for the monster deck or pass their turn. If they choose the draw, they can do one of two things. Keep it and de-equip an equipment or pl uh, place it face down in the dungeon. Placing it face down in the dungeon creates the dungeon deck. It fills the dungeon with monsters that challengers will have to face later. If you choose to pass their turn, they cannot participate in the rest of the round. Once uh, only one person is left, after all the other players have passed that turn, that player then becomes the challenger and must go into the dungeon with only the equipment they have equipped. And that was my favorite part of the game. So what happens is after that, you have to flip the cards over in the dungeon deck. Uh, uh, some quick will allow you to null that enemy right away. Then you have to, if I remember correctly, you have to get rid of the, uh, some equipment just to keep going through. If you survive, you win that round. If not, you lose. Uh, yeah. Then players reshuffle those cards, yeah, and create a new monster deck and equip all the equipment to start the new round. Uh, the game ends when someone has won the twice or the player is the last man standing. And the reason why I like this one, because this, this one and the other one where it's another push of luck where it's the rolling of the dice roll for the dungeon or something like that. No, um... This one has always been the token draw. There's welcome back to the dungeon. No, but I'm saying there's one where you're just rolling dice. It's in the little treasure chest box. Oh, um, dungeon roll. Yeah, yeah so some of these two, the, the, that one and this one were the ones that really got me into modern gaming. It was one of the first few games I played yeah. when I got into it. And I just, uh, I, I love the yellow production of it too because of just the artwork is really nice. The, the little box too. It's like, if you could find a copy of this somewhere Pick it up. You'll really enjoy it. It's one of the better games that I've played of Oink series. And Look Mech Domain and, um, uh, and Illuminous both said that these were these were very much like their gateway games. Yeah. Absolutely. And this was one of mine as well. Um, Yellow's still around. I, uh, they just don't produce a lot in America anymore. Yeah. Yellow North America is not around anymore because yeah. now it's just Yellow. But yeah, this is a phenomenal game. Next one here is... Maskmen. 
Matchman, uh, Jun Sasaki and Taiki Shinzawa. This one has a bunch of faces on it. It's got on one it. of your mechanics right there. Ooh, ladder climb. Ooh, I like that. Card game and sports team. It is luchador theme, obviously. Only in the world of pro wrestling, you must win at any cost or face the wrath of your sponsors. This year, there are six new wrestlers debuting, so go out and win some matches. Over four seasons, I'm assuming that's rounds. Play with who has the most points is the winner. In a round, players play cards or pass on their turn. They play one to three cards on their turn of the same type of wrestler who hasn't been played already to help resolve the strength of a wrestler. The faster you get rid of your cards, the better your chances of winning. As soon as you get rid of your cards, you take the highest point token available, and then the next player uh, to go out gets the next token, so on and so forth. Um, there's a, so there's only one player remaining. It's minus one point. Um, yeah, I already like this. It's like kind of like a... I love the fact that they, they went ladder with the climbing is yeah. great. Well, ladder climbing is great. I like... Uh, I like the fact that the theme's luchador wrestling because I yep. grew up on luchador oh, wrestling. Because yeah. where we live, Triple A, which is a, a lucha libre company in Mexico, yep. used to do shows here all the time. Yep. My dad used to take us to that one, and so uh, CMLL too. So yeah. we used to watch a lot of lucha libre. That's and right. you would sit on the rudo side, and I forget what the face side is, but if you're on the rudo side, you're cheering for the bad guys. If you're on the other side, you're cheering for the good guys. Oh, that's great. It, it's just... I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it's so good. It's so good because you, you choose what side you want to sit on because who that, you like. Cause a that's lot of, just like medieval times. Yeah. Right? You know, you're choosing what group... Oh, that's so good. Oh, it was so fun. It's, and welcome, uh, Creative Chaos. Thanks for stopping by, too. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, I want to try this. If I could find this one, I, I'd be intrigued. The cards are intriguing, too. Yeah. Just luchador masks. Yeah, I love the tokens that are part luchador masks. Those are great. And then uh, Mario Fanatics, I almost skipped over his post. Heroescape and Sentinels and the Multiverse are still their gateway games. Very good. This one is my second favorite game as of now. Take it away, sir. This one is Deep Sea Adventure. Uh, we, we were talking about it. This is a push-your-luck... Uh, I am not even going to try... Oh, no, those are the... Okay. Jun Sasaki and Goro Sasaki. I was looking at that. I'm like, I'm not even going to try those days. Right. But it's Deep Sea Adventure. It's a push-your-luck co-op game where you're just trying to explore as deep as you can get. But if you run out of air, you lose. So the way it's described is uh, the game takes place over three rounds. The players gain the most points. Over the three rounds is the winner. In order to gain points, you must break... So it's not co-op. It's... Uh, it's semi-co-op. You have to work together, but whoever makes it the furthest gets the most points. You can only return to the submarine once per round, and you cannot progress anymore after returning. You cannot return to the submarine without bringing any ruined chips. And I just, I remember playing this, I'm like, okay, this is not bad. So yeah. this tells you how the turn progression goes. You declare if you will turn back or not, you reduce error, you roll the dice, you advance your game piece, you search. When you have stopped moving, select one of AC below. Do nothing, pick up ruins chips, place the ruins chips, and go back if once you're done on your next yep. turn. Because the number of chips you have is how much air gets removed from mm -hmm. you. So you're trying to get, of course, the deeper you delve, the more points you get. The, my son, um, this is his favorite game of the series, and that's because the first time I ever taught him, um, he beat me on a score with a final score of 52 to 0. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He destroyed me. I don't know how he did it, but he got every token I aimed for. I kept dying halfway through, and the only ever time I got back up was with one chip, and it was zero points. I love the scuba meeples. Yeah, the scuba meeples are great. I still have this in my collection because of my son. 
Um, but other than that, I don't know how much more I'm going to keep this. I like this game a lot. Uh, it was Out fun. of, because uh, th this one in, because um, I always thought those were yellow games. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Dungeon mm -hmm. and Kobe Akawa. This one, and I haven't played Kobe Akawa, this one in Fake Artist uh, Goes to New York were the two that I played. And this one blew Fake Artist Goes to New York oh, out yeah. of the water. Hands down. Cool. The next one we're going to talk about is Troll, which I love that cover. That's so weird looking. Alright, so Troll uh, was re-implements re Dragon Teeth Washer. Okay. <laughs> Be a part of smart thieves who get jewels and not get caught by the troll. Also, Jun Sasaki, I think, was one of the designers. Yeah, and, and Ko Koji Kimura. Koji Kimura. Alright, cool. Published by, in 2015's, is a revised version, originally published by, in 2012. 2012. You know what I mean. Yeah. Each player takes on the role of a thief trying to steal precious jewels from the hideous troll. At the beginning of the game, each player receives a set of six tokens, number from zero to five. Depending on the number of the players, some troll cards are not used. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, on a round, players attempt to steal from the target troll by playing his or her tokens in sequence. The first player secretly looks at the target troll, the top troll card, the player, and plays one of his number tokens face up. If he plays, if he or she plays a three token, it means that the player intends to steal three jewels from the target troll. Okay, sounds fun. I mean, yeah. it sounds like your play continues, specified number of rounds. Um, there's a whole bunch of math involved in how like you're taking tokens. I'm not gonna read this all. That's boring. But I mean, the components look fun. I do like the troll tokens. Uh, oh, it looks like you have a hand of little tokens on uh, some of them. There are some cards, yes, but like, uh, oh, like look that was... at that. Yeah, you have little tokens of what your what kind of jewel theme you're going for. I don't know. It looks all right. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it, I like press your luck quite a bit, and they yeah. seem to like they I, pull I do, that yeah. off well. They like the, there's two things you'll get from these linkings from what I've seen: push your luck or bluffing. <laughs> or bluffing, yeah, absolutely. So the next one here is called Rights. Uh, also re-implements a game called Startups. Another one by Jun Sasaki, and apparently he was uh, the artist as well. Uh, so this one is players lay down cards with different patterns in order to collect majorities and earn points from others who play the same card. Uh, apparently there's an omission in the English role. Uh, the condition is met. One player has eight cards in front of them. All players add three cards in their hand to their display before anyone makes a payment. This makes the difference in the world. Playing without this role ruins it. So, okay, well, wow. take out your opinion, board game geek. Jeez. All I gotta say is these cards hurt my eyes, especially yeah. this dot one right here. Yeah, like this one doesn't bother me, this doesn't bother me, but that one just—it's messing with my eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, just I, don't, I know. don't know. I honestly, I'd try it just to try it, but I don't sure. know if it's something I'll be interested in. We'd have to make sure we we figure out that omitted rules. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. All right, nine tiles, which We're, is another flip your tiles to match the pattern first. Uh, there's also uh, re-implement the cookie box. I know I'm going to briefly skip over this, but basically you have a three by three grid. You're trying to put them in a certain way, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what it shows on the card that you're aiming for. This matters because I'm going to talk about nine tiles panic later, okay. which re is another re-implement. It's like a sequel. And that one I have played. There was something that I saw that had me intrigued. Did they make a Pikachu it version? It looks like there is a Pokemon version of of this game, yeah. Very much does, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it is! Yeah. I kind of want that one! Yeah, right? Okay. I mean, that might be worth getting. 
And it looks like it went up to uh, seventh gen because that's a seventh gen Pokemon. Yep, we have Eevee, we have not Eevee, and Pikachu, and Cyrodiil, and then which one is the not Eevee? The ones that aren't Eevee. I don't know what that's is that. That's Cyndaquil. Like that's uh, Piplup. That's Oshawott. Yeah. Oshawott. Okay, what's that owl? Thing? That's Rowlet. Okay, Rowlet. That I is don't Gen like Seven. That's the uh, Gen Two. So you know that one. That is Gen Five. And that is Gen 4. Oh, Mr. Flexing my Machamp muscles. Yeah, here, yeah, right? exactly. Flexing. I play a lot of uh, Pokemon. We talked about it last week. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the next game here is called Insider. Ah, uh, yes. 20 questions with a twist, a time limit, and a sneaky insider who knows the answer. Uh, yes, uh, there is a Pokemon version of Point Salad uh, about the EV evolutions. I want to pick it up. Uh, I think uh, Korean Board Games is the one that publishes it over there. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this one is 20 questions with a twist. So, have you played Werewords? No, I have not. Okay, because this is... Werewords? Um, this is Werewords, basically. This came out at the same time as Werewords did. okay. And so they're not technically the same game, but they're very similar. Because there's one person who's a hidden trader, and basically one person has a word that they're trying to guess. Everyone else is trying to ask some questions... To figure that out, mm -hmm. but one person is a traitor, and again, if you were able to find out the words, or the word, uh, beforehand, then the traitor um, effectively lost. But if you do figure out the word, or are not able to, players can try and guess the traitor, um, and if they do because they threw them off so badly, then the they still win. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I played Werewords, and I get the the difference between the two. Um, it's super cool. I like it. Four to eight players. I can give a recommendation for it. But again, if you're in the United States, you might as well just get Werewords. Mm. It's more easily available. Alright, the next one on our list here is The Pyramid's Deadline. Uh, made by Jun Sasaki, as most yeah. of these uh, Oink games is his company. Mm -hmm. uh, this one is Ancient Egypt. The king has ordered architects to his side. Construct a glorious tomb for this eagle, and I will give a reward to whoever has created the largest tomb. Fail to complete the tomb by the time the eagle dies, however, it is a death penalty for you on the spot. Uh, you're supposed to create a tomb larger than any other player without getting so greedy that you'll be rewarded with death instead. The game combines puzzles, bargaining, and pieces rolled on a die that you use to build a pyramid. So I like the way this looks. It looks interesting. So it has a category under Ancient and Puzzle, huh. Dice Rolling, Pattern Recognition, Push Your Luck, and Set Collection. Uh, let's look at some of the components here. This looks really neat. I like those tiles. I mean, it's not, like, amazing, but I do like those tiles quite a bit. What is the category of games you're discussing tonight? We're talking about Oink games. Uh, there's a reason why, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit, uh, once it comes up. That's, that's really intriguing here. Yeah, I mean, those tiles are just, they're weird-shaped tangrams, basically. Yeah. You have rectangles, triangles, oblonged pen... pen Diagonals. The dot ones are hurting my eyes again, though. Yeah, well, it's a traditional style for them. What is this rated? 5.8? That's not bad. It's not that bad. No. I've that never seen this in the wild, so... No. No, I, w I would gladly pick this up if I got a chance. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Startups, which we've already talked about, um, re-implements rights. Which was that... that oh, uh... the broken rule. Yeah. All right. So this one actually looks a lot better than that other one, yes, honestly. Yeah, I think this would be better to the play than that other one, because oh, those cards were hurting. So moving on to Dungeons of Mandom, 
which is uh, this is eight, so it's basically it reimplements Welcome to the Dungeon and Welcome to the Dungeon whatever, uh, which reimplemented the original Welcome to Mendon. So yep. this is a same style of game, but this art, look at this. It's so weird. Is this an IP that I'm not familiar with? Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask, but look at that. Look at this thing. I mean, that's strange. I mean, that's a Jewish golem, right? You know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Isn't it? Yellow version better. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what that is. Well, I mean, there's like the the writing on him. I'm guessing that's it, but I mean. Uh, okay. I don't know. We don't read. We don't read Japanese, so sure, but. It just it's Oh look at the back of those cards. Oh though. that that looks like oh, static, man. Oh that's uh, no Oh Oh no. <laughs> Oink. Oh no. Oh okay, let's go to Troika. Uh, that's all oh, you. Geez. Oh jeez. There you go. That's all you. Hold know. on. Give me a give me a minute. <laughs> oh jeez, oh, people, if you want to see something, go look at that. Um uh, mm. Alright, so Troika. Not far into the future, a stone was found in a star. Then more stones were found. It turns out that if you combine three of these stones in the right way, you create valuable jewel. What's more is you can combine them or a different way to create fuel. This is a set collection game. Um, it's it's basically gin rummy. And the idea is that you're trying to fly your rocket to create these gems. The way you fly your rocket is by creating runs. The way you build the gems is by creating sets. That's it. I mean, it's I own it. I still want to try it again. I remembered I liked it. Quite it looks cool. I want to try this. Yeah, one. it's more of like a classic style card game. It's weird that there's seven-sided shaped tiles, which is kind of odd. I'm not really sure what the point of that is. Yeah. But why not? Because um, they're numbered like from, I think, 1 to 15 or something. Trying to find the right combinations. Again, runs are cool. Sets make give you the points, but you need the runs to get to the points. Yeah. That, what I've noticed with the Oink games is that they're not the prettiest games in the world, but they're functional. Yeah, exactly. They are functional. Absolutely. And again, for the price point, too, they're not super expensive. Right. Any ones that come like in the smaller packages, like I mentioned earlier, they're mm -hmm. roughly 20 bucks. So yep. you're And you're getting a lot of stuff. You're getting cards. You're getting these tokens, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what you're playing. So, yeah. The yep. next one here on our list here is Tricks in the Phantom. Uh, this has Takashi Saito as the designer. Uh, pinpoint the criminal in the crowd without being tricked by the phantom. Uh, so this one is a simple deduction game, which I always love. Uh, using, using 10, only 10 or, or 11 cards, cards with a little bit of buffing in it. Deduce the culprit from among the four persons. However, there may be a phantom who attempts to confuse you. Uh, deal four... Uh, in the base game, ten cards are dealt to four players, so players have the hands of only two or three cards. As a trick-taking game, each player plays one card face down in order, in turn order. While doing this, each player forecasts who has the highest card. The, okay. Each card has a color, a suit, and you have to show that color when you play this card. This allows the opponents to narrow down the number of, of your cards, but some cards have a special effect. So big numbers don't win automatically. Points are awarded by whoever played the highest card, the culprit, and whoever correctly forecasted the player winning. Tricks and Phantoms is not just card luck, it's strategy, inference, games that require you to read each other's psychology. Sometimes I like this kind of stuff, sometimes I don't. I like the deduction part of this, and you're yeah. trying to read how another player is going to play. Yeah. I think our friend Gamehead Geek would hate this game. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about this one? No. No, this is brand new, but I like those pieces. Like, a, What are those, like, little card, a bottle... 
Yeah, look at that. Tokens. Like, nice. Those are great. Those are good components. Yeah. No, I would, I would want to play this. That sounds fun. It looks interesting. I, I would try it. Cool. Next one we have up is Zogan, which um, is by Christoph Kanzler and Anya Vreed, probably. Vreda. Vreda, maybe. I don't know. Um, I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce that name, but... Let's look at that. Wow, those are weird-looking tiles. It's a real-time game, too. Real-time. Yay, that's fun. I like real-time pattern building. So, again, the players want to rid themselves of the microorganism cards as quickly as they can, but can only do so by observing the current lab environment and watching one thing that changes, then recording it on by their player card. That's interesting. So, you have to play one card on top of another. Something will change. Um, each card is a hand of 16 cards. Each number 0 through 4 types of microorganisms. I'm not going to try and pronounce them. Start player. Maru, uh, Suki, Yama, and Siri. Okay. Uh, the start player for the round places one of their cards face up. And I think everyone the plays first one is at Malu. Uh, the R is Malu. Malu. Yeah. Um, trying to lay down cards that differ from the initial card by exactly one microorganism. So I'm guessing that if it had like three of the organisms... You would either put one that has all four, mm -hmm. or one that has um, three, but one of them is is different, or two. This one just hurts my brain. Which I'm is the, two of the three. It's uh, just the description alone kind of put me out of it. It hurts my brain. Too I mean, much. I love the back of this. That's the best part where this it just right says, here? "Yeah, it says, okay, this card, no, this card, no, 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 this card." Ah. Yeah. So. I love that. It looks interesting, but it's not something that I want to go out of my way to look for. Right. The next game on our list here is Money Bags. Uh, Love the name. Another one by Jun Sasaki and co-designed with Yoshi Yoshiteru Artelu uh, Shinohara. My Japanese is very rusty. I haven't taken a Japanese class since 2007. So that happens. Uh, in Money Bags, players try to have the most gold coins. With each player having their own bag filled with some numbers of brass coins. If you think you have the most coins, you might want to exit the round to keep them, as others will try to transfer coins from. Your bag to theirs. I already want it. That's how, that sounds great. It comes with little baggies, some coins. Did not explain how it works or nope, how they I want people... it. I want it. I don't know why. I just this sounds awesome. Was this remade into anything? This uh, looks familiar. Let's go back and look. I didn't see any reimplementation, so No, okay. I mean I don't they know. They have why. other names, but it's mainly just money bags again. Yep. So 100%. Bluffing, party game, physical removal, player elimination. Alright. Next one we have is Void. This one is a very quick one. Um, it has very strange shaped tiles. They, they are mm -hmm. hexagons or pentagons of some game. kind. Um, <laughs> Void is a work of art created for the Is This a Game exhibition in Akihabara section of Tokyo from May 29 to June Third of 2018 includes ver many strange tile along with dice and, and marker, but it contains no specific rules on how to use these components to play a game. Well, sort of. You use these <laughs> materials as you wish to create a game scene. Then you take a photo or video of that fabricated game scene and upload it to whatever social networking services you seem appropriate for you and your fellow players using the hashtag #VoidGame. Whoever receives the most likes on their post wins. So this is just like a little thing they made for the Akihabara expedition. I mean, huh? Yeah. There's a reason why it's a 5.1. Because <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, huh? 
What? All right. So I mean, you you post a picture of your game to and whoever gets the most likes wins. So is, if you is just there have people... more games that are listed under that? Is this a game exhibition? Uh, I don't know. There's no hyperlink for it. Let's see if there's a link below. I don't think so. Like in the categories, no. I don't see no, anything. I don't see anything. I'm no, very but it's curious. A, but about to, that. is this a game? It's not going to be something on Board Game Geek because it was an exhibition in Akihabara. Right. That's what I'm saying. I want to look more into this exhibition. <laughs> is this an ARPG? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Who knows at this point? Uh, so but I weird. like the idea that you just create something, upload it to social media, and whichever one gets more posts. Or that involves likes. me having to be on social media more, and I'm trying to take a step back on that. That's true. <laughs> I don't like that part of it. But if you had a big group of people for no yeah. reason. Yeah, that would be pretty... Yeah, pretty but then again, this game is like, whoever's the most popular on social media, because, you know, there's people that just get thousands of likes for something they post because they have people that like Sure, them. yeah, but I'm sure there's some way that you can... You can... Mitigate I mean, that. have that one person... Yeah. ...like, post all of the pictures and whichever one gets yeah, better. Most likely, yeah, most like, yeah. Well, that's a possibility, too. So, oh. next up here is Float Some Flights. Get rid of your... Float Some Fight. Get rid of your treasures and don't be caught with the highest treasure in hand. Uh, this is hand management, push your luck, score, and reset game. Interesting. Uh, designer is Hiroko Izumida. A group of explorers have sailed around the world amassing a mountain of treasures, but on the voyage home, yeah, yeah, yeah. some cards are easier to load than others and float some. So where is the description of how to play the game? Yep. You may want to save all your treasure, but the other explorers will be trying to save theirs as well. Which treasure should you load into which boat? You must plan your moves carefully. So I th Press your luck, score and reset, hand management card game. You know what it kind of... implements a game called Bye Bye Lemming. I love that title. Oh yeah, so I'm looking at it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the Phil Walker Harding one, Emotep, where you're trying to put it on the boat, sure. but someone may sell it or something right. like that. So it can mess with you a little bit. Looks intriguing. I Yeah. I, that's weird. Yeah. Weird <laughs> art, but sure. That's oink game for you, really. That's I right. mean, did you not look at the, uh, what is it, the Fight of Mandom or something like that? Right. Uh, quietly today due to a long day and very tired. Mm. Yep. Now, this one, uh, is my go, isn't it? Mm -hmm. This is called Toma Tomato. And the reason it's called that is because you're playing out a series of cards, um, that have different parts of the word tomato in it. And you have to huh, be does. able to say all of the different cards in a row without messing up. So there's tomato, there's uh, Mado, there's Ma, there's Toe. And so, when, so let's hear it. It creates basically a tongue twister. You have to try and say it. Uh, so this one says, Tomato, Tomato, Ma, Ma, is the example that they have there. Um, tomato, 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 Ma, Tomato. Like, I'm surprised you knew one. that off the top. You've played this before? I knew of this. I have been wanting to try it. <laughs> this generally gets a pretty bad rap from most board game players. But, um, I mean, it's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's yeah. supposed to be silly. And tomato is a great word to use for tomato. Like, toma tomato, right? Like, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, personally. it sounds funny. I don't know if I'm... I don't think you would like this at all. All right, so... But I do like tongue twisters quite a bit, so that's probably why. Yeah. So the next game on our list here, I think Illuminous mentioned earlier, Mr. Face. I used to own this. 
So, a card with many lines written. You will make your face according to what you drew from it. It can be a self-taken photograph, or it can be made by combining various pieces. Pieces are limited, but depending on your creativity, you can make a look that surprises everyone. When, if everyone can hit the subject line, can you describe your feelings well? Face. Yep. So, pull up one of the examples. You'll have a series of different words. Because I used to own this. It was pretty fun. And um, you'll get one secretly. Um, like, that's cute, right? Um... And then, after you have the card, you deal out some random ones with it. Only you know which is the real one, and you have to make an expression um, to judge that. So, like, that's obviously overly anime, is this example. <laughs> you have all these weird cardboard bits that look like they should be thrown away. Yeah. Um, they don't look like they're conducive parts of it. Uh, it's also really silly, like, man, I slept great. My stomach hurts so much. Be calm, I lost sour. And then everyone else votes on which one they think it is. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny. I think it... I don't remember, but it might have something similar to, like, um, a Dixit rule where you don't want everyone you want to, to guess vote it. On it. Yeah. But, I mean, I might be wrong on that. It's been a while. I do want to try it. It looks interesting. It's. It was okay. It was okay? I mean, it's. it was worth playing, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, look, th this is a Jackbox game. Yeah, so Jackbox ripped it off already. So, easy <laughs> done. You can try it. Alright, next one. Dual Clash Poker. Um, that is an interesting cover, isn't it? Really it's is. by Tatsuya Iwakura and Takeshi Ma Matsushita. And alright, it's a pair of fighting or is a pair of fighting card fighting two to two card game fighting two to two. Wow. Okay, that's already a tongue more than Toma Tomato. The game will start with one to seven and the Joker is just a with just eight cards, okay? Okay. Uh, the rules are simple. The one who issues the biggest number card among the four people is the winner of that round. Okay. However, there are other people who gave the same number to the battlefield, even if issuing the largest numbers, they will fail immediately. The person who submitted the next big card becomes the winner of the round. Okay, I kind of see how this works. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, who plays the highest. Cancel out whoever plays the highest without the next, yeah. Yep, that's simple enough. Um card design is kind of cool looking yeah it's cool looking i don't know if it's super useful but yeah i mean it's strange i like it it's yeah. purposefully abstract yeah i very. mean i like the fact that it has the suits of the playing cards on it too but that's my thing is like that, that too is weird looking like this looks like a seven right here because it it's is. upside down no, oh yeah two. no it is a two yeah that's weird it's just that the way that bottom part mm -hmm. yeah hmm yep. i don't Roots know this hard. one doesn't intrigue me at all <laughs> Alright, now Nine Tiles Panic. Here we go, because this one I have played. So again, this was similar to the other Nine Tiles, but this is a tile route building game. Okay. You, everyone has the same eight or nine tiles. The backs on them are different, and you're given uh, a timer where everyone immediately takes their tiles, mix them up, flips them around, whatever, and once the three scoring cards are revealed, then everyone starts. And some of the reveals are like most aliens on single road, most dogs visible, longest road, etc. Mm -hmm. But you want to be able to create a pattern that does work because if there's tiles that functionally don't work, maybe you put a road wrong or it's oriented in the wrong way, then you can't, uh, then it won't count. So you want to make sure that you're putting your nine tiles in the best three by three grid. Mm -hmm. But everyone is racing together with the same tiles trying to do it faster than everybody and you get bonus points for start 
for finishing earlier than everybody else. These pieces look like uh, the ghost from uh, Pac-Man. They certainly do. <laughs> I thought that same thing. I liked this game. It was fine, but I only owned it long enough to play it a couple times. I was like, okay, I've played my time, and uh, yeah, I traded it. It was okay. I did like the absurdity of it, but it was fine. What's kind of cool is I get uh, the my favorite game out of Oink now. It's literally now my favorite game. This one? Scout. Ah, yes. Go for it. <laughs> Poach your opponent's artists and outdo each other's circus shows. Uh, so the way this one works, and you, you could probably explain it a little bit better, uh, but you basically have a handful of cards, and they can be orientated in two different ways. But once they're, you figure out what you how you want to orientate them when you first get them, they have to stay there. You cannot move them. You can't shift them. Okay. They have to stay in the spot. What's happening here, and the thing about it is, is ladder climbing, you're basically trying to outbid the next person. So say my opponent places a, a two out there, then I can beat it with a three or a four, and I take their card and make it a point. Mm -hmm. uh, there, You could also beat it with run, so I can play a one, two. Say they, they play like a nine, and I don't have a ten in my hand, but I do have a one and two together. I could take those out of my thing and play one, two, because two cards always beat one card. Take that ten, make it a point. And then they could beat me by going to a 2-3 or a 3-4 and do another two-card run. Or uh, I think you could do pairs, right? Yep, you do pairs. Yeah, so as long as it's higher than the highest number in the run. So 1-2, I think it has to be two threes to beat the 1-2. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you could have two twos. Two I, think. Twos. I might be wrong on that. but Yeah, but I'm not exactly sure too much about that. I only played yeah. it today, and I fell in love with it. It was only the two-player game at that. Mm -hmm. It's better with more. Uh, yeah, but the way it works, it's kind of intriguing how you're doing that because you're trying to basically play out your your hand because they're negative points for you at the end of the game. Yes. Unless when it happens, your your run is still in the middle of the table, then you don't get the penalty deduction. You don't have to uh, give subtraction of your cards in your hand. It plays rounds based on the player count. So if yes. there's two players, two rounds. Three players, three rounds, so forth. Yeah. It is phenomenal. The two-player one does something slightly different than the multiplayer. So what happens is you can only scout three times in the entire game, uh, or uh, three times in a round, because you'll have, uh, don't even see them on here, but the little dollar points uh, that you get. And so can you explain what this does? Yeah, so uh, you said you're going to take one or two actions on your turn. You're either going to show, which is playing cards from your hand, and again, they must be adjacent to each other in the hand. So if you have a, a pair of fives, but there's a three in between them, you can't play the fives together. You have to get them together. Mm -hmm. So you can either show by playing cards from your hand, which could get those cards together, or you're going to scout, which means the player who is current leading, currently leading the round, you're going to take one of their cards, choose either of the two numbers on either side, and then add it to your hand in any spot you want. Yeah. So if I take a if I scout a card from you that has a three on it, I might put it next to my threes so I can play the pair of threes, mm -hmm. and then on later turn then play the pair of fives. Yeah. The token there, scout and show, once per each round, you have the option to play. Excuse me, flip that token and then scout from the from the current player and then show on top of it. What the thing that I like about this game the most, and I agree, this is probably my new favorite oink game, mm -hmm. um, is the fact that. If you play like a four of a kind or something, that's really hard to beat. But when somebody scouts, they're taking cards away from that. So Makes if I'm sense. the first one to play, it's now a three of a kind for the next player. If that player can't beat a three of a kind, they take one of your fives. Now it's a pair of fives. If they still can't beat it, 
then they take a card. You have to beat a five. I did play a four. Of I a kind. love that. I didn't play a four of a kind. I played a uh, a straight a four card straight. Oh my goodness! Five, yeah. six, seven, eight. <laughs> I've seen a seven card. Oh man, that's and that crazy. was great. But the thing is, is I was hoping I did it enough where he'd have to take more um, negatives than because mm -hmm. uh, he did have to take a negative. He took a negative one. But we only played in two rounds, so the final score ended up being nine to eight. I was hoping he would do like two or three yeah. negatives yeah. Uh, just to get it. But I was able to wipe my hand, so that was kind of cool too. Yeah. And I, I did it in a way that he's like, why did you do that? Because I scouted a card. I took an eight off the thing mm -hmm. and put it into the back of the seven, and then which made it. So he's like, now I only have to do this. And he beat a, he put down a nine to beat the other eight that was sitting there. And I'm like, that's what I wanted you to do. And I pulled two ones out of my hand and put it on the table because the two ones beat the single nine. Yep. And he's like, okay. And so then he's like, okay. And then he played like two twos just to beat the ones. And then I threw down my four cards. He's like, oh my God. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. It is. It's silly I... fun. I like it a lot. Uh, by far, uh, honestly, if we did our top 100 and I play enough of this, I think this would squeak into the top 100. Oh, I'm... I can almost guarantee it's going to squeak into your top 100. Because it, it plays really, really good. The card designs are fine. They're not really anything. But I like the fact that the like here it's a 9. But then you can flip it to the 8 side if it makes sense for you to when you scout it to put it however you want into right. your hand and where you want in your hand. Yep. I, I, I agree with you. That is like the best thing. And it makes it easier for the next player to play cards out. And That's right. This way they can have the best show. Uh, you like their older design better? I, I like their older design better. Eh, oh, yeah, the original art right there. Which one? This one? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I that's like fine. the newer one better. I, I, I like the colorfulness of it. It's yeah. gonna People are going to come to the table and be like, oh, what are they playing? Just because of how colorful it is. Right. All right, moving on to the next one. All right, Fafner. <laughs> everyone... You have to give me this one. All right, everyone... Uh, ever wanted to blind bid on gems that are magical chick that a magical chicken lays? <laughs> now I do. Also, Jun Sasaki, I believe, was the yeah, designer. Is. All right, the chicken Fafner. <laughs> I can't do this. Lays two <laughs> new egg, new gems each day, and all the players want to acquire these gems off of or on the off chance that they'll move or that they'll be more valuable than the gems they already hold. However, whoever throws away the most gems in a round acquires the two newest gems. But you can't throw away the colors of the gems that Fafnir just laid. No, no chicken will be impressed by you shaming the gems that you're also trying to acquire. What is going on? What the heck is this game? I already won it, though. Like, that sounds great. <laughs> Once a certain number of stones have been discarded in Fafnir, the round ends, and everyone scores for the gems that they have collected. Gold is worth one point. Each, uh, each, no matter how many have been collected, uh, you want to play it safe. Or as for the five colors of gems, whichever one appears most frequently is more worth three points, while the second most frequent color gem is two points. Other gems are negative one points. I like okay, it. Okay, I got one of these uh, decent little components here. Uh -huh. I, I do have an issue. Uh huh. Uh, just the colors. Uh, sure. Uh, if you guys could tell us, are there two colors in there, like, uh, out of these, or are they just all green? Oh, no, they're, they're not green. They're orange and they're yellow. They're orange, yellow. I know these were yellow. I just didn't know if all these were orange. It's just a mess. 
Oh, wow. They might be different, actually. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They oh, were... oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Now you Oink. see what... The, how dare you ruin Fafnir in such a just demanding way. That's no... Uh, yeah, okay. it's rough. I thought that there was two different colors on that scoreboard there. But look. Yeah. Oh, brown, no. orange, and yellow to me is what Crate is saying, so... So yeah, there there's some brown in there. You know, but those can be fixed by sharpening the edges or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, it's it's doable. I think the game looks fun enough where that might justify it. Maybe. Maybe. Or you just upgrade the components and get like egg pieces. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Alright, next one here is Durian. <laughs> Durian. Uh with only partial knowledge of the stock, try not to oversell your fruit. Uh this was designed by Masato Uisuyugi. I don't know how that one goes. Uh, so this is bluffing, a card game, of course, party game, a deduction, hand management, and push your luck. Wow, this is hitting all of it. Today, yeah, the Jungle Fruit Shop stuff. is busy and bustling once again. The shop's clerks have much to do, have started help customers without checking the new inventory that has arrived. Even though they haven't checked the inventory, surely the other stuff have checked them already. But during all the excitement, they end up taking too many orders. What then happens? If someone rings the bell, the shop manager gorilla will rush out to their office. If they find out... About the oversold orders. Oh, it's too scary to think about. Watch out for three gorilla siblings that are hanging around the waiting to cause trouble. I still have no clue what how this game plays. Based so, on from what I understand is that you're going to be dealing out some of the ingredients. You're only trying to bid on certain ones. And you're going to be bidding on them with your with your tiles. However, um, you only get some information. And if, if you get better stuff, then good on you. If you don't get as good as stuff, well, oh well. Yeah. That's huh. how that understands. It looks like domino tiles... Kind of a cool idea. I would buy that. That sounds like fun. I love how it has a bell included. It is a little bell. Yeah. It's a little bell. Uh, I don't know if that's an actual piece, but I'm sure it probably sure, is. Sure, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of kinda reminiscent almost to like pit or something like that, except mm -hmm. for you're not wheeling and dealing. It's just more right. doing stuff. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, Insider Black. This, uh, I mean, it looks very much like Insider. Uh, but go ahead and scroll down. Let's see what's the difference. New spicier version of the 100,000 100, copies sold worldwide. Find the correct answer of the tie. New follower. New off-limits question. Oh, off-limits questions. Question. So, let's... Well, I don't know Japanese, so I can't quite translate. But what this sounds like is a, um... Like an adult version. Like, codenames after dark. Yeah, I... I think so because uh there i think that's insider yeah well no that's insider was red with a black well, this one like, uh, right here no i know but it, it's it's inverted it's different not by much but i hmm. uh, i mean i don't know that for sure but well is there any way you can scroll in to that maybe because like, there is the english words underneath it let's see here we're gonna tell you guys right now we're looking out for you uh Let's see here. Rock, paper, scissors, stuffed right animals, there. bingo, typhoon, magic. Okay, maybe not. Bingo, lottery, rainbow, life. No, Those okay, don't too bad, yeah? No, that doesn't sound offensive at all. So I guess it's just a new version of it. Yeah. Cool. Next one here is your favorite game, Ninja Cat Food uh, and uh, Cat Foot. Cat Food. In the covert action. Have fun. Dune Sasaki. Apparently, you got to use your smartphone. Arm yourself uh, with a smartphone to get more scrolls while being quick and careful. Mm. You have to rubber band 
the your phone to your arm. I remember seeing this. So it's an action dexterity game. Yes. Uh, it's time for a big ninja cat food. Cat food. I want to say food all the time. Mission: to Recover the stolen scrolls. But look for the guards. If you have big movements, even just for a moment, you quickly be caught. You must be cautiously, carefully, and quietly carry out the scrolls. Uh, each player puts his smartphone on his arm with the furnished tools. They will all complete compete at the same time to take more pawns possible, the quickest they can. Uh, you have to go to the URL with their phone. They will access the app necessary to play the game. And the movement sensors on their phone will provide them not to go fast. And then just, Okay, that actually sounds really intriguing. It's silly. It's like... Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the old Ninja Turtle movies, uh, the live action ones sure, from the nineties. Way back then. I yeah, don't but there was like a scene where if you you join the foot in the first one, you have to get all the bells off the thing without making a noise for you yes. to be a proper ninja. It's kind of reminiscent to that. You want to be quick without making a lot of noise to right. get as many tokens out. Yep. Uh, That's ridiculous. This with my two K phone. <laughs> wow. Trying to do like Nintendo now? Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Oh my god. This came out yeah. what, 2020? Yeah. Yep. It, it, it seems intriguing. Sure. There's more startups here, right. just another version of it. Yep, okay, we'll skip that one. Alright, so now you guys will notice that I happen to be wearing a <laughs> shirt based off of, of this, <laughs> which is totally not true, but this is one that I've been wanting to, to, to try, try out. Um, Ifri last week told me about this a little bit. It's called Hey Yo. It's a card game with a beat. Play cards with a shared music chart so that you ideally create solid rhythms and score points. The game includes a small detect or a dedicated device which it actually plays music. It's like a little mini speaker, yeah, it's a, like, it's, a, like a yak back kind right of thing. There. Yep. And it includes that. Um, so if you can't play in time with the rhythm, you're penalized. So you must talk quickly to share information and decide which cards to play. Alternatively, you can play music from your choice of a set or to set the rhythm for a play, play the for the game. Yeah. It includes two identical decks so that players can play cooperative with two to five players or split into teams four to ten against each other. I love that idea. It, it looks, looks intriguing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that looks like a music chart that I've seen very, very much like. that. That's a sequencer is what that's called, you mm -hmm. know, that... that that's way over my head when it comes to stuff like right. this. Right. No, I mean, it's it's just like how many drum hits you have, how many guitar lines you have. That's all it's trying to do. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying but, that, that seems, I mean, for a game, that's way over my head. Yeah, it's intriguing. I want to know what it's about, but I don't know. And it, like it's showing here, this is where it needs to start, and I think it has to end over here. Right. So. And so, like, it looks like here you have, you have a certain number of triangles there. I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. It's I interesting, play. yeah. So I, I do want to try it. Cool. The next here is Doko Jung. Uh, keep your pooch, pooch hidden while spotting the dogs of other players. And Doko Jung, uh, players try to guess where each other dog is hidden among five tiles. You want to avoid revealing your dog's whereabouts, but if you overact to avoid guesses, your dog may be exposed. I like the dice in this game already. So it's betting, bluffing, deduction. Uh, from what I'm seeing here, here's like the components here. So you're trying to find out where your dog is and trying to hide it from other people. So like those little symbols there, and it's probably under like these doors, mm -hmm. but look at those dice. Yeah. <laughs> I like those. I like the door tokens. I like tiles. That Those are great tiles. There's like Azul tiles. I love the color schemes on those. <laughs> those look really good. Yeah. 
That that's really. It pretty. looks intriguing, kind of. Uh, like I don't know how it plays from that description, but I know you have to hide your dog trying to find other people's dogs. Yeah. So it looks good. I like again. I love the these faces because it's yeah. just like. Oh yeah, those are great. <laughs> Some of those dogs look so dumb in such a great way. Yeah. yeah. No, hundred percent. I would play this. Hands down. Moon Adventure. This one I've been wanting to, to look at. I, I thought this was... It says, work together to survive peril on the moon. I think, yeah, re-implements Deep Sea Adventure, but it looks like it's a co-op version. Uh, doesn't say co-op, but let's see. Yeah, my... Work together as a team on a, de a desperate mission to recover supplies on the moon. Yeah, so yep. uh, you have to survive magnetic storms and limited oxygen supply. It looks really cool. Yep, it's co-op Deep Sea Adventure. So I, I want to try this one because I wanted to play a, a Deep Sea Adventure co-op. I, I figured that would make a decent co-op probably game. would, yeah. Or you could play Bargain Basement Bathosphere and get the same idea. But, alas. Pretty decent components, too. Mm -hmm. cool. Alright, next one up here is Tiger and Dragon. Attack and defend to play out your hand of numbered tiles. Designed Ooh. by Hashimoto Atsuchi. Take a look at those plastic tiles. Those are great. Those are almost like Mahjong tiles. Yeah, so those hand management. Uh, it's under traditional games. Goita. Goita. Okay. Uh, players in dra uh, Tiger and Dragons play tiles from their hand to participate in ways of attack and defense. Be the first player to empty your hand to score points based on whichever one of the ten scoring cards are used in this round. So there's going to be different scoring cards it looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll get 38 tiles, 36 number tiles with one, uh, one and two twos, up to eight hates along with a tiger and dragon. Okay, so, mm -hmm. so it looks like they're a pyramid the, deck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shuffle the tiles face down. Then each player takes a tile based on the player count. With the round starting player taking one additional tile. Um, the start player attacks by playing a tile from their hand. The next player can either pass or defend the attack by playing the same tile. Note that the, the dragon defends against all any odd numbers and tigers against any even numbers. After defending, place a tile of your own to attack. If a player passes, the next player either passes or defends. If other players pass on your attack, place a tile from your hand. Okay, this seems familiar. Yeah, can you can you look at Goita? That does sound very familiar. I believe, yeah, this is kind of almost like a... Yeah, it, it's essentially kind of like... Oh, uh, it, it's, it's basically this one, uh -huh. but with numbered pieces, not in Japanese. Right. Blend skills and chance, four players form two pairs. And I think the the difference with this one, too, it's, it's four players competing against each other the whole time. You're not playing in pairs. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Cool. It looks interesting. I wouldn't mind trying it. It's yeah. it's very, very uh, abstracted. Oh, very much. But, but look at these. pieces are great. Look at these. Yeah. And they I, still I have mean, a small box, too. Right. Yeah, 30, 38 tiles, that's it. That uh, looks good to me. All right. Cool. Next one up here. All right, the diamond swap. Burglars replace a diamond with a fake. Can security see through the deception? More bluffing games from More them. bluffing. Is this, yep, yep Jim Sasaki. Yep, exactly. He, he has a very style. All right, so... Um, Diamond Swap is a game where burglars have less than 10 seconds in between a blackout to covertly switch out one of the coveted diamonds with a fake, and the security must work together to spot the fake using the clues and the subtle differences in the diamonds. But be careful, there are also burglars hiding among the security. Don't let them fool you in their discussion. The Diamond Swap combines trying to spot the difference and tricking all of your opponents. All 30 diamond ships are slightly different in size. In this identity concealing type game, 
you are divided into two groups. Uh, the burglars whose mission is to deceive, the security who needs to see through the subtle size changes after the diamond swap. I like this. Sounds fun. No. No? This doesn't sound fun to you? I like this. This sounds like some kind that I would like. But this has hidden roles, and I know you don't like that. Mm, and yeah, it doesn't intrigue me at all. And those look like fabric boards? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Fiber, maybe? I mean, that looks pretty cool, the, the, those little boards there. Yeah, it's certainly random. Hmm. Alright, the next okay. one here is Sanrio Characters Speedwolf. Players race to be the first to match Sanrio characters. This sounds like Nine File Panic. Very similar. Uh, Fast-paced card game that gets everyone excited. Hello Kitty, my melody, cinnamon roll, are all appearing and disappearing in the game. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's like a children's version of it from what yeah. it says here. Cool. Simple enough. There's no image for this one. People-friendly game. Place a bad health card on your forehead and guess the condition. This sounds like the those games that people... And yeah, they like headbands. Yeah. Or, yeah. And it's uh, Campbell Medicine Brand, so the pharmacy director of the health conscious increase. So, yeah, it, it's, it's basically headbands. Okay, cool. That's random. Yeah. All right. Town 66. Build houses for selfish citizens and empty your hand of the house plans. That sounds fun, actually. Christopher Kanzler and Anya Verde again? Yeah, that sounds... The same design duo. Okay. Puzzle. All right. Handbag like pattern building. Okay, and ooh, solo solitary. Ooh. Anyway, town, the residents of Town 66 can't stand it when houses of the same color or, sh or shape are lined up with each other. Ooh. Try to build as many houses as you can while keeping in mind that the houses in your hand can, or which houses can be built at the end. Okay, so it looks like Quirkle. Uh, town 66 has a uh, hand of tiles, each with six tiles, showing one of six house styles. In one of six color patterns, uh, the game has 36 tiles in total. Each one, one of each possible combination. Players place a tile in the upper left corner, imaginary six by six. Then, on each su subsequent turn, a player adds a tile to a row or a column in in this square, so long as that the tile adjacent <laughs> to at least one other side. It's of the colors. Yeah, it sounds like Quirkle. It's Quirkle. It just hands. The only difference is. Uh, you could choose not to draw a new tile, but if you don't have a tile to play, you can't win the game. Well, that's what I said, what huh. it looks like at the end of the game. Uh, if you don't draw new tiles, you might find yourself unable to play. Because you're wanting to be the first person to eliminate your hand. I see. Because that's what it says here. Play your final tile, you win. Okay, so it's... It's Quirkle. It's Quirkle. Basically. I mean, it, it's a little bit different. I don't want to downplay it, yeah. but it's essentially Quirkle. It's a 6x6 six six grid. I kind of like how it works, and the colors are seeable. So, like, yes. I can tell the difference. That's a purple, that's a blue. Yep. And they do have the patterns on it, too. Yeah. Like, uh, all the greens have the zigzags. And, the dot, and then these yep. ones have all the dots. Yeah. That's good. They're, they're being more colorblind friendly this time. So, this looks interesting. Yeah. Um, Next up. Agree. Order Overload Cafe. Remember the drink orders placed at your coffee shop or lose your job. Uh, cooperative game in memory. You and your fellow workers in a coffee shop in Order Overload Cafe. Uh, you need to keep a handle on all the orders okay. coming in. Will you be able to make the right drinks? In a round, you deal a certain number of cards face up and read them aloud so that everyone knows all the orders placed. 
Then you deal these cards out face down to the players. On a turn, you need to name an order that's in someone else's hands. Failed to do so, you're eliminated for play. If you collectively oh. reveal a set number of drinks before everyone else, that seems interesting. I've heard of this one. I've heard it, pretty positive reviews of it so far. It looks pretty neat. Let's look at the card quality, or the cards real quick. It's all in Japanese, but... Well, that works. You know. I, well, look, ice latte. So it does have the English on it, too. Mm -hmm. So it, you could actually get this uh, imported if you wanted to. Sure. All right, we're almost done, guys. Make the difference. Uh, yes, okay, this one I have also heard I've about. seen this one, It has yeah. a bunch of different pa pads of paper on it. Um, you are going to be drawing in little differences. Like, you have multiple pictures that are the same, and you have to add little differences, and you're trying to, to let other people try and figure out what the mistakes um, were made, like yeah. what the differences were. So it's kind of like one of those, like, where you see two pictures and there's differences between the two, except you're creating it. And the thing is, the component really matters in this one, because I remember the review I saw of this, is that the marker that you put on it has to look exactly like the marker that was printed, mm -hmm. and apparently it does. That's good. Yeah, and that, like, because if it did not, that would break the game. But the marker that they used apparently is very, very much spot on with the, with the papers that they drew this just, I mean, I get what they're doing, but this is so busy, it's going to drive me insane. Well, that's 100% on purpose. Oh, I know, it's, it, it is, but it just, stuff like that bothers my eyes a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, it looks interesting, I wouldn't mind trying it, um, but yeah, make the difference. Cool. It's intriguing. Moving on over to Quickity Pickity. Flip tiles to collect fruits and three monkeys appear. It's kind of like that, uh, that durian one. Yep. It's harvest season, look for fruit, make some nice sets, and rake in the cash. But it's not that easy. There are other people out there looking for fruit just like you. See, it, it sounds... It's real time, though. Yeah, this one's real time and dexterity. Uh, you're flipping tiles that requires players to be quick with their hands and their brains. Everyone starts flipping tiles at the same time, searching to create a set of fruits or the same color or shape. But be quick. You must collect your fruits before the hidden monkeys among the fruit in the game. Okay, so like the hidden monkeys come out. Yeah, it's it's the other one, but that one's more bidding, yeah. deduction. This one is just you're trying to create your set before the monkeys come out. Cool. Uh, this is designed by Mashu. Cool. <coughs> this next one. Um, okay. There is, like, one rating out of four. Can carry? Can carry. Kick the can game. Okay. Can carry is an outdoor play that fascinates children in the Showa era it is an active hide-and-seek game in which the parents who protected the cans and the demons who tried to kick the cans play. If the demon is found by its parents before kicking the can, the clang, or before kicking the kang, it will be caught. Uh, hide and watch what's going on. Jump at the right time. This player plays as many generations who are enthusiastic and played until the sun went down. Okay, um, so it's weird. It's like tag. Basically, yeah. somebody has to kick the can before somebody yeah. knows. Maybe like a combination of green light, red, or red light, green light. With no, I kind of know what the, the thing is it's talking about. Because there was a, when I played soccer way back in the day when I was younger, there was a drill where you had to protect the ball from another player to try to kick it through or get to the ball yeah. when you're playing defense. So it's kind of like that. You're basically just trying to defend while the other one's trying to kick. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, there's, there's like, no ratings for it, so who knows. Next up is Telecraft. Explained to another player what they need to build the game. This sounds like a telephone. 
Yeah, right. Telecraft is a board game jointly developed with Oink Games with a theme of communication, memory, and comprehension, uh, educational toy, mini, Geoflix. Oh, Geoflix. Okay. A Geofix. Geofix or Flix or something like that. Tell other players the theme made of triangle squares. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. Those are the magnetic pieces that yeah. you, can, but you can put together. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I mean, it's like telephone meets that, sure. You know, it's yeah. kind of weird. All, All right. right. Next one, Whale to Look. Um, whale watching company seeks where to meet whale and orca. Looks like a yin yang. I like that. That's super cool. All right, go ahead and scroll on down. For Bruno Faiduti and June Sasaki. There you go. Ooh, that's different. Bruno Faiduti mm, is one of the designs. Nope, cool. nope. A bay full of huge whales and orcas. It's just an animal theme. That's all we know. Um, quite popular amongst whale watching tourists and become overrun with four companies. The whales, on the other hand, seem to enjoy themselves, sometimes showing up, sometimes not. As one of the tour companies, you must decide whether to send out your boat. If you dilly-dally too long, one of the rival companies will pass by, but sometimes when your own investigation isn't enough, you might need to follow a rival company. Interesting. I like how you're moving around. Looks like an interesting uh, little movement, kind of waited out, see what other people decide. Those tokens on the boat are hilarious. I love that. But yeah, no, it looks cool. Looks interesting. I'd try it. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Bruno Fatuti games, so... Yeah. Fatuti. 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 Uh-huh. Nine Tiles Extreme. So it's just another version of Nine Tiles Players Race to Complete a Pattern using a 3x3 three three grid of tiles, matching color or design. Uh, the Extreme version of Nine Tiles now more chaotic than ever before. Uh, so that's just the newest one that's coming out. Another version of Nine Tiles. But with that being said, that is com- the OI library all right so what what was the one that looked the most fun to you the ones i haven't played yeah oh man uh i kind of trying to remember what it is it's the one that's kind of like trick-taking almost mm-hmm. uh there uh, hey yo is another one oh it's this a ninja hey cat food uh cat foot one uh looks interesting yeah there was uh uh the fafnir that, one that, yeah, that one just funny that looks great uh, trying to remember where it was. You I know, do like try Hey Yo. Tricks and Phantoms looked interesting. Yeah. Uh, I do want to try Troika. And the Pyramid one, yes, the yeah. Pyramid's Deadline. That one looks fantastic. Yeah, those are like the main ones. Oh, Massman, that's the one I yes. want to try. Cool. <laughs> so. There we go. Well, so tell us your comments uh, below or in the chat. Which ones sound good to you? Uh, we're gonna wrap this up right here. But before we do, remember you have a chance to win a free copy. Of this game right behind me, we've already said this at the beginning, at the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. Real quick, we want to wrap this up. If you want a chance to win this, either be a subscriber on YouTube, be a follower on Twitch. Subscribing also helps. And then, thirdly, if you email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com and the subject line, put contest in the body, put the uh, code word today, which is Black Widow, and some way we can contact you. Um, m- uh, Mechden Maine put Kobayakawa. Illuminous said so many of the games that they want to try. <laughs> and uh, emails directly, even if even if you want to say hi or enter in our contest. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com at Everyday Board Games Podcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video. And comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games. Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now finally Apple. 
And if you ever want to join us on a live episode, we love it when people join in on the chat, like our friends Illuminous, Mechton Main, uh, Creative Chaos, um, there was somebody else that I'm forgetting right off the top of my head, um, and Mechton Main, show your support, subscribe, we now have the ability to subscribe, we appreciate everybody who does that, we're going to find a way to, to justify it for you guys, we appreciate you all, thank you for tuning in, twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, and with that being said, as always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.